What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Burn Down Podcast. Today, we have a special guest. He's an entrepreneur. He's the founder of the Modern Day Don. He's, of course, a cigar lover. That's Jason Elias Gonzalez, a.k.a. Machi. 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 What's going on, brother? Welcome to the Burn Down. How's it going? Thank you for having me, my friend. Thank you very much for having me. It's it's an honor. I have a lot of respect for what you men do and uh, I think we, we share a similar hobby when it comes to these, so you know it's an it. absolute pleasure to be here. And we have to thank the uh, the Vision Lab podcast for yes. putting this uh, in connection with you, because they reached out to me and they said, hey, we're getting a guest on. We think he'd be a phenomenal guest for what you guys do. And he, you know, lo and behold, New Yorkers were consistent and disciplined, and I follow through. And we got Jason on the podcast. Absolutely. And it, it, we uh, I have to admit, you guys got on it right away, and- it was uh, great that we were able to connect. I'm I'm down in Dallas, Texas, but you mentioned a New Yorker, born and raised and bred, and I think we kind of go at a certain pace that we're used to, a certain urgency behind everything we do. Um, you know, and, it. Uh, I think yeah, and I, I think we always make things happen when we need to. Where you are, uh, what uh, born and raised in Brooklyn, right? And you went to school in Staten Island, if I remember. That's right. So born and raised in Brooklyn, um, high school in Staten Island, um, and. Uh, upstate new york for college and then back down to astoria queens and a few different areas there but uh um, all around new york for the majority of my life before moving to dc because you, you give off you know the new york yeah, you know, the new yeah. york ensemble you know when i look at you i think this guy's from new york not dallas texas i mean aside right, aside right, from right. perhaps the hat but yeah 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 no doubt know, but even the yeah. hat you know i mean with the suit and everything and again the modern day don you're looking like a don dressed like a don so the hat can kind of go with that that whole ensemble, but so you mentioned you went upstate for school. Where did you go to school? University of Albany, SUNY Albany. Oh, oh okay, Because okay. I, w- yeah. I was upstate in uh, upstate New York. I went to Rochester. I went to RIT. Uh, so when you said upstate, I was like, oh, I wonder if he's in my own stomping ground. I visited but, Albany a few times. Big uh, good area. Big time party school. I'm sure you know that. It was that a right big well. party school when I was there, <laughs> completely, and. Uh, you know, good people, and uh, for those of us that grew up in New York, we know there are a lot of New Yorkers that went to school up there. So it ended up just being where in the city are you from, or where in New York are you yeah. from, versus where are you from, right? Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. So, and that's a beautiful uh, was, area up there too, right? Like, from if people don't know that you know Albany is pretty much right in the middle of the Catskills, and it's the city that's in the Catskills. But if you branch out from Albany, you're in the mountains, and you have the lakes like Saratoga Lake, and you have mm-hmm. some. So it's a beautiful, beautiful area up there. Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Flying Cigar Company. Visit FlyingCigars.com for all your cigar needs, including our cigar, The Blueprint. Flying Cigar Company has been a valued partner of the Burn Down podcast since we first launched The Blueprint back in July of 2022. Not only are they the exclusive online retailer for our cigar, but they have a great selection of sampler packs, accessories, and humidors. And one of our favorite things about working with Flying Cigar Company is a portion of each sale will go to a veteran organization so you know you're representing a good cause. So visit FlyingCigars.com and get your blueprints today. Yeah, beautiful Hudson Valley that's there. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think just like you said before, there's a certain way that uh, those of us from the East maybe carry ourselves. So that's a huge compliment and adding a little bit of a Stetson to it. And I, I do have some. Some cowboy boots on that you guys will see when you come visit. Yes, sir. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of uh, 
uh, of enjoyment and, and assimilation that um, that I enjoy personally with what Texas is, the, the state that it is. I have a lot of respect for the state of Texas. I've met some incredible people here. I've been welcomed with open arms. I've been given a lot of opportunities since I've been here. So it would behoove me to not appreciate also um, you, you know, where I am today uh, and uh, the generosity the Texans have given me. I, I, I always joke around and say, look, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just an immigrant. I'm an immigrant <laughs> to the state of Texas. So, you know, hands up. Let me know what paperwork you want me to fill out. It, it does have to do with, with two ways so with the, you know, uh, concealed carry and, and whatnot. I, I see that as being your, uh, your green card out here in Texas. Oh yeah. No well, doubt. I mean, I have, I have a, uh, a very high level of respect for Texas as well. My wife is is from Texas. She's from Austin, from the outskirts of Austin, Texas. So we, I go down there quite frequently, and I love the state of Texas. It's fantastic. I love everything about Texas. I love the people in Texas. It's the best. Um, it is a a great state. Now we have. I look forward to you getting down here. Oh yeah, I've, I have. I've yet to come to Dallas. You know, because obviously when I go down, we go down to the Austin area. There's a lot of family and friends down there. But I have been. To, I have a friend that's in Dallas. I. You know, I have another friend now, Jason, that's in Dallas. Now, phone call away. Now, the Giants fans, Jets fans. Ooh, oh, yeah. See, question. that's what that's what I run into trouble with because I am I am a Giants fan. So when I go to Perfect. Texas, if I go to Dallas, ah. and unfortunately, uh, I bleed green, so no one really looks spats an eye when I go out to Texas and they say you're a Jet fan. All right, what's uh, you must be a Yankee fan, man? And I go, yeah, and I go, okay. Well, well, here's here's what's interesting is that I I, I I'm cousins with both of you because I'm a Mets fan, but I'm a Giants fan. Okay. So I'm you know a little bit of a hybrid, but I'm sitting in the middle of Cowboys Cowboys world. Yep, no um, doubt. And uh, the um, the headquarters is all of about 500 feet from me right now. Um, the practice the, the the team is in town for practice. Um, so if and when you do come. We'll make sure to get a little behind the scenes as long as we don't bring any evil juju to them. Right. You know, I was just going to ask, are. are the Dallas fans as crazy as everybody makes them out to be? They've been nothing but welcoming to me. They've been nothing but welcoming to me. So I've had no complaints. Uh, you know, they've been nothing but gracious. They, they take a lot of pride and they do it right here. Jerry didn't build an $8 billion organization by accident. And what true. he built is is very very impressive. I love it. So we're uh, so we're smoking blueprints. I sent you a couple of blueprints a couple of weeks ago because obviously we wanted you to try our cigar, being that you're an avid cigar guy. You know, from our previous conversations, I remember you know you're big big into Davidoffs, uh, Placencia, even threw a little Atabay over there. And if I remember correctly, Atabay. Yeah, Atabay. You know, not everyone knows about Atabay. So when we hear someone who likes Atabay. We know they're a true cigar. Great stick. When they Enjoy. first came on the scene, I fell in love with Adam. They yeah. were a great stick. It definitely stays under the radar. But do do we go ahead and do you want to do a – is there a lighting ceremony? Hey, man. Well, we kind of – yeah, we kind of jumped the gun. I was excited. I, you yeah. Know, I, I, I had a, a day Just full of – wanted to make sure. Yeah, I had a day full of spreadsheets, so I needed freaking Stogie right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, you like Placencia, you like Davidoff. I mean, us personally, without saying anything biased about our own cigar, you know, it's right in the same ballpark. We, we took about two years to make that cigar, and uh, we put all our blood, sweat, and tears because we wanted to compete with the big dogs. We didn't want to just make any old cigar. So for cigar fishing, I was like yourself, we know you'll enjoy it. Well, thank you very much. 
You got it. So let's uh, so let's just let's just start from the bottom. You know, for the people who don't know you, for the people who are watching and listening, give them a little bit of background where you came from, which we already know a little bit. But who were you in high school? How did you become the man you are today? Give us a little bit of background about yourself. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so, uh, born and raised in a small town up north, as I say, uh, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, went to high school in Staten Island and upstate New York for college and cut my teeth in the financial markets over a decade and a half in the financial markets. And, you know, with some bigger firms, you know, I choose not to name names, but, you know, we all know the bigger firms, right? I've been with bigger firms. I was at a boutique investment banking firm for, for a few years. And uh, that's where I cut my teeth, moved down to D.C. for about six years. Um, and while I was there, I helped run uh, two small businesses, was the CEO of a national organization, um, and really cut my teeth on a few other things. You know, that's why whenever I go back to and I'll talk about the movement, which is modern day Don and what we believe it means to be a modern day Don, a lot of it comes down to skill set and a lot of the skills that we as men pick up through the years. So I look at a lot of these opportunities and experiences of skill sets that I picked up along the way which have led me to where I am today. So hence the move to Texas in 2020, uh, right in the beginning, right before COVID, was looking for that next opportunity where the grass was green. And when when I meet people, I I jokingly, but not jokingly, introduce myself as a treasure hunter uh, and say, "It's, it's what I do and I have the rough hands to prove it. Uh, And I think that's part of who we are as men is being able to explore, being able to find the opportunities, being able to see where it's raining and grabbing a bucket, right? If if that's what we want to do. So that's what Texas was, the growth that's here, the opportunities that are here from what I was looking for personally, it aligned with the values also that I respect and that I appreciate as a man. So it all lined up. And since then, There's been a a few other opportunities that I've been working on. 1670 Creative, that's my creative agency. Um, What we do is we work on strictly communication within small business owners, usually under 10 million in volume. And we work specifically on storytelling. I'm sure you can already see my, my, my passion for the story. Well, you definitely got the New York hands. You definitely got got that going. Yeah, you got the hands moving. You got the hands moving, man. We get that for sure. You know, as long as I don't burn myself with a cigar. <laughs> yeah, you got to be but, careful uh, with, you know, you know, accidentally knocking the ash of the cigar, you know, moving around. I got to watch for the ash. I got a great setup here. I got the computer, the light, but um, I got to watch for the ash. But um, what we focus on with 1670 Creative is strictly storytelling. And we work with entrepreneurs to help them tell the story. I'm sure you have an amazing story about how Burn Down started, Right. What was, you know, where were you when the two of you were sitting somewhere and you looked at each other and just said, let's do it. What do we need to do? Who cares? What do we need to buy? Who cares? Let's figure it out and let's just go. Or or when you develop this, right? Two years in the making. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's an incredible story about how you came up with the name with the word blueprint. I know if Jay-Z was playing in the background or something, (laughs) but... Yeah, that's actually that's actually a, a funny coincidence yeah, uh, that we had when we first started the Burnout Podcast. The original intro song was "Can uh-huh. I Live" by Jay Z on his Blueprint album, and uh, then fast forward three years later, we come out with the cigar, and the Blueprint, you know, stands for uh, 
the blueprint that everybody has in their mind of who they want to be, how they're going to get there, what they want to do, right? Everybody's there, there, there is a blueprint for success. And a lot of people always ask like, all right, well, what's the formula? What's There is a blueprint for success. It's choose what you want to, you know, what, you, what do you want to do? Who do you want to be? Put in the hard work, put in the dedication, put in the consistency and outcomes success. Mm-hmm. And you might have right, to adapt, right, right. you know, along the way, right? Got to make some change orders. Got to amend the drawings, right? You know? But but that's you know the blueprint in your mind of who you are and what you want to be, and that is where we came up with the name blueprint. Um, but you're right. There's always that story that we like to tell yeah. about when we when after we went through 15 different iterations of this cigar, we we're sitting there out in my on the stone wall on my on my pool, and we're smoking a cigar, and we look at each yeah. other and go. This is, this is it, and then the one, you know, and then we started coming up. But you're right. So, so, so you help companies come up with, or or help companies communicate their their story. Yeah, right. Exactly. Their, who they are, what they represent, and your company, 1670, does that. That was that. Is that exactly right. content creation? Is that through how, you know how is that implemented? How do you tell these stories? So what we do is we work with other marketing professionals to help them develop it. We work specifically on the actual communication of it. So we're working with sales teams, the the, uh, executives to help them be able to tell their story better. Ah. Right. And then, and then we'll then collaborate with uh, whatever chef we need to bring in for whatever meal we're cooking. I like that. I got you. Sure. You kind of collect all the data, you get all the ingredients through everything you want, and then you go to the quote unquote the chef or the marketer or the marketing agent. And say, hey, this is what we yeah. got. This is what you need to make. Bada bing, bada boom. Here's the story. Uh, and, and and to go along the same lines of that, you know, you have the ingredients and you're making a meal. You help them tweak it. Okay, add a little bit more salt. Take mm-hmm. a little, take a little bit of the pepper out. Add right. So you're tweaking that story to make it much more meaningful and impactful when they when they go and tell it. A thousand percent, a thousand percent, right? Because we, you know, what's the, you know, what's the story behind your first cigar, right? How do the two of you bond over cigars? But how do we develop that into a single story that can say that can also resonate with people to make them want to buy your product? And that buying could be attention. The way a person buys your product is via attention. They're buying this product, which is this conversation. They're paying with their attention, right? That's why they say pay attention, right? That's right. how I see it. You know and what? I never thought of it like yeah, that. That's yeah, a good, that's a good way to put it. That's I never, it. I never wow. thought that's of it, it like I'm that. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you, Jason. We'll talk <laughs> to you everybody. next time. <laughs> that's, a gra- that's a great way to put it. You pay attention because you're paying your attention to. You know what? It's just like any other phrase or word. You know, uh, I oh. never thought of it like that. So, okay. So you have, you know, 1670, but then you also have. Um, the modern day Don. Now, right. tell us about how that started. That start as a result of 1670. Mm-hmm. Was it before 1670? Because it's you know, it's it's from our previous conversations. It sounds like what society needs for upcoming men. Yes. You know, there's a lot of uh, things be put being put on men right now, where it's not okay mm-hmm. to be a man. It's not okay to be masculine. You know, <sighs> you know. Suicide rate with men is higher higher than anybody else or anything else, and uh, you know everyone pretends to care, but there's a lot of things going on with men that uh, 
get quite overlooked. And yeah, it's kinda society's like, raising a bunch of pansies. Yeah, what's, so what's I'm really on. intrigued to hear how this started, yep. you know, the whole story about it. So Which like, is probably like why you moved sure. to Texas, too, yeah. because Texas is... You know, Texas is not it's, like it's that. Part of it, it's part of it, Texas right. I mean, like you know, that. and it, it's understanding that, you know, where you are, the culture that you grow up in creates, it has an influence on you. If we want to keep it extremely simple and say nature, nurture, it is what it is, right? The communities that we were, that nurtured us, you know, whether our parents, which I believe parents should have the most influence, and then the secondary influence should be the community. But I think what's happening now is that the community is taking a lot of the influence away from the parents. And I think it's because the parents have given away that responsibility. Mm. There's a, li- a line that I use where I say there's responsibility, which leads to influence, which leads to authority. If a parent gives away the responsibility of teaching values to their child, the influence then goes to who then takes that responsibility, maybe school system, mm-hmm. maybe an iPad, maybe a, you know, a, a Netflix then they become the authority and not the parent. 100%. Be- because they've taken the responsibility. So I like to think of things in a very linear way when I communicate, so that way it just makes sense. Can Where you now, say that you again? The- you said it goes mm-hmm. from responsibility to influence to authority. Well, correct. So if you look at it from that uh, perspective – what responsibility must you take if you want to take the responsibility of providing for your family and not having a job? That's a lot of responsibility because you want the authority to say, I don't need to ask for PTO. Okay? You want that authority, so therefore you have to take the responsibility leading to the influence, which then leads to the authority. Mm. So responsibility, influence, authority. And if we look at it from a parenting perspective, there are a lot of parents that have uh, outsourced that responsibility, which then leads to influence on and given to whom has taken or what has taken that responsibility, which then leads to authority because, as all of us are, we would give authority to whom has responsibility over us and has provided for us in some way. Does that make sense? Yes. 100%. And, and I think what you, one of the biggest things that I see now, and you had mentioned it, is the iPad or technology, oh, right? And as a parent, and, and I'm not a parent yet, and neither is um, uh, Eric. As far as I don't know. <laughs> as far, exactly. <laughs> um, however, as a parent, what I believe is it's, it's your responsibility – to raise your child. You brought a child into the world. It was your decision to bring a child mm-hmm. into this world. So now it is your responsibility to provide, to protect, to nurture, to influence, to instill values and character into your child. But now the parents are giving that responsibility to an iPad, to technology to an iphone to the tv to whatever to a a school system because they don't want the responsibility a lot of what do you see parents do they don't want the responsibility of watching after the kid oh i need my one hour alone or i need my five hours alone so i'm going to put an ipad in front of my kid and just shut them up for five hours meanwhile okay now the ipad is the babysitter the ipad is instilling whatever Mm -hmm. values are on that that screen into the child, and then you got ch- children that rebel and don't listen to parents, don't have respect for others, and that's it's a, a, I got a, a spiral. I got a couple thoughts on this, right? Oh boy, right, right, right. I always try to think of you know where this stem, like how did this whole thing start, right? So like parents mm-hmm. our age, we're we're in our early thirties, you know, we're we're the new parents of the of society, right? 
you know, so my one take on it is that, you know, a lot of these new parents, they had a somewhat, the ones who kind of just, like you said, give responsibility away to the iPads, to YouTube, to the, to the schools, they, growing up, it seems like they kind of had a cozy, like, nonchalant life. Not saying everybody, but not where there was a lot of responsibilities or hardships or things where they had to say, I have to figure this out myself. And now, you know, 20 years later, now they have kids. Now they're like, well, my life was kind of easy. I kind of like just, you know, getting, you know, getting a hundred dollars every time I asked. And now I have a kid and, oh, you know, if my kid stops crying with an iPad, yeah, sure. Um, that, that, that sounds easy enough. I can, I can not worry about that. They that's, take the easy way out. That's where yeah. I kind of think a lot of these parents now develop this mentality of just like, let somebody else, you know, do it. Cause I can't stand when you go to a restaurant and it's all the parents and then it's kids in high chairs with iPads. You know, directly in front of that. I know. You know, when I was when I was a young kid and I was acting out in the restaurant, my parents said, "If you don't stop, I'm gonna get the man out of the back. He's gonna yell at you." And I was like, "Oh shit, I better act up. I get my my act straight because if I don't want to get the man to you know." And you didn't even know who the man was. That was the funny point. Right, right. I I remember vividly a story. Quick stories when I was in uh, when I was at a restaurant. I was a young kid and I threw a temper tantrum because for whatever reason I didn't like my meal. Okay. Whatever the reason was. And I threw a temper tantrum. My mother, I grew up in a German household. My mother dragged me out of the restaurant mm. by my ear. Mm-hmm. I thought she damn near ripped my ear off. She took me out front. She yelled at me in German, basically saying, you know, if you don't knock it off, I'll give you something to cry about. We went back in. I didn't say a word for the rest of the. And then in, 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 in return, now we grow up and we have discipline. We have, you know, we understand our surroundings. We know how to act accordingly. You know, in public, you know, you develop a level of respect, and I think that's that's what's been lacking in in children now. You said something that's very interesting, which is which is respect and respect for authority, right? That should go together. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what we're saying, you know, I'm I'm a big, um, you know, clearly if my agency focuses on communication, I take this very seriously, and I take the way I communicate very seriously. I say the words, the words that you hear me say, I take very seriously. And I hope that you feel that in whatever in any conversation we have. And with that, with respecting authority comes with the the authority that your mother earned because she had taken the responsibility from day one and didn't outsource it. Therefore, that that responsibility then led to the authority and led to you respecting the authority. Mm-hmm. Now I think I think where we're all guilty in some place in our life is 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 a c word which is the word comfort and Mm. convenience yes so i you know like it's it's a you know there's a lot of people and we'll kind of get to the modern day don if that's okay is understanding that there's been a lot of comfort that the last 20 30 years have given to all of us Mm -hmm. right there's no finger pointing here but it's created a lot of comfortable situations a lot of comfortable scenarios and a lot of comfortable relationships that have kept men especially out of uncomfortable situations, okay? And then also because of the conveniences that are there. Now, it's challenging for me, not as a parent yet either, to be able to look at someone that has taken that convenience, that has created a certain amount of comfort for them and use that tool. Who am I to say? I use an air fryer sometimes, right? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not out here butchering my own meat, right? But... It, there is a certain convenience and comfort that comes with a lot of the modern day conveniences. 
And I think that ha- also has has then trickled its way through to uh, raising children. So, I, I th- but I think that there is some backlash that can come from that. And I think we're starting to see that now when it comes to the respect for authority conversation, yeah, when if it's been outsourced from a responsibility mm-hmm. perspective, you know, I've, I've met a lot of people. I always was taught to respect my elders. Yeah. Right. And that's something that we were probably instilled with. You know, I don't know how you say that in German, but I bet it, <laughs> it sounds aggressive. <laughs> I bet it sounds aggressive as shit. Right. Of, of, but that's going to, you know, that's going to be a way to understand what that is. But I, I'm, I'd, I'd hate to say it, but I think that's starting to be lost in translation, pun intended. That, you know, maybe that respect for your elders conversation has kind of changed a little bit as well. So all of that within that dynamic, this movement, this modern day Don movement has been something that I've personally worked on my own life for the past eight to 10 years. I'm not sitting here to say that I've had it figured out since day one. I'm just a person that's been going through his own personal life, has been learning, has been developing, has been picking up skills along the way. And has gotten to a point where, just like the like you, you said, I'm just going to go after it. We're going to do it. We're going to start. And what I believe is that a modern-day Don is someone that is the head of their household, the head of their family, right? Hence the meaning of Don, right? I don't have to explain it to some East Coast guys yeah. like you. <laughs> but a Don, in the traditional sense, is very similar to the word sir, let's say. But it's also something that's earned. Mm-hmm. It's someone that takes the responsibility of providing for a family, whether it be family of origin or family of choice. Okay. And when a, a man does that, he can then be given the respect that he's earned by taking on that responsibility. So we're just kind of going full circle with all these words here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it comes down to our young men taking the responsibility early on to become the Don of their life. That's what this movement is about. That's what modern day Don is about. Modern day Don is about bringing young men the information they need to be able to build themselves up and to be the Don of their own lives. Not to have everyone walking around thinking that they're a gangster. It's about understanding how are you the Don of your life and what are the things you should give an F about? Fatherhood, faith, finances, fashion, fitness that are going to make you the Don of your life. And that's sort of how it was conceptualized. And we're rolling out also on the fashion side. And right now we just, you know, we're just starting with something small. We know this is our, our logo, the Don logo with the hats. Burndown's got to invest in some of this merch. I like this stuff. Yeah, we're going to have to get some of this merch. Well, when you do come down, of course, we'll, we'll have it online. some online. Can you buy it you, online now? ModernDayDon.com. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, and right now, and this is going to be walking through the airport, be able to see, oh, okay, you know what, you're a Don. Then that means you're taking the responsibility of your life. That's why I went back to the responsibility, influence, authority. You're taking the responsibility of your life to be able to build over your family, mm. right? And I'm sure we could even talk metaphors within the Bronx tale. Mm. within godfather within once upon a time in america right we can go there but there's a lot of messages in there that really are who who men are at their core and i think that there's a lot of good messages there and how does a man take that to move it to the next level and you know having great conversations with men like you and and to be able to 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 talk about 
what this entire movement is becoming is going to be beneficial to everyone that that um, that can appreciate what it is that we're trying to do. And then we're going to leverage these devices right here. You know, if, if, if those devices will be used towards bringing information, um, you know, to, of things that we don't want to see or we don't want our kids to see, equally so, we, let's fight fire with fire, right? Yep. Let's use this to get that information out there uh, because we're taking that responsibility back and building this so that way there's an opportunity for a young man to go and say, wow, this is a great community of dogs. We, we're going to do a live event one day. You men are 100% invited. Hopefully you can join us. Maybe doing a live podcast set up in the lobby. Absolutely. Love that. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Right? And, and, and we'll bring in Dons around the, the five Fs. And then that'll give an opportunity to sit down and, you know, we'll bring some fitness professionals. We'll bring some high-end f- uh, financial professionals, faith-based. I'm, I'm, I'm also a man of faith. We'll bring in, you know, faith professionals, as, as, as I say. And, you know, and, and really bring men in general, not just young men, men in general, so that they can, you know, because we all need to help in, in multiple Fs at once, mm-hmm. and you know, me included. And, you know, then from there, we can uh, really make a difference in the world around us. And that's when you make an impact. That's when we can sit back in five years and watch this tape and laugh about something yep and say man look at that setup we had and me i'm in the back of a cigar bar <laughs> yep absolutely you know and i, and I we got to start somewhere i like what, what you'd say you know it starts you know and it starts with it starts with you right you're creating this movement and it 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 takes the people to or the, the men to take initiative and take action and take responsibility of their own lives and starting with you to create this this movement and say no this is enough of you know enough of what's what's going on in the world enough of that enough of being a little baby enough of you know crying about this person said that this person my life could be could be better if i had th- none of that take ownership take responsibility and be the don of your life yeah. and you had said the 5 f's right which you know finances family fatherhood fitness and faith right and i i Love that because I always said that there was four F's like your life is like a stool and I've included like the fatherhood and the family kind of in one, but the, the, the life is like a stool. Okay. You have your faith, your finances, your family, and your fitness. Okay. Some people can say it's your financial health, your spiritual health, your relational health, and your physical health. If only one of those legs of your stool, you could be a multi gazillionaire. Okay. Let's say that's that leg of your stool you got that down. It's strong. But your physical health sucks, your relational health sucks, and your spiritual health sucks. That stool, as soon as you sit on it, it's going to fall over. Yeah. And your life is in shambles. You can have all three, or you can have three of the four. You can have your physical health is great shape, your financial health is great shape, and your family health is great shape. But as soon as you lean on that fourth leg, as soon as you lean on your spiritual health, you're going to fall over. You could have your spiritual, your financial, your physical, but as soon, if you don't have good family health and as soon as you lean on a family, it's going to fall over. So having all four of those legs, and in your case, the five, if you, if you, you know, branch out family and, and fatherhood, having all five of those, all four of those strong, then your life is gold. Then everything is, is balanced. You are the don of your life. And that's what I think is, is important is that we have men like you who are saying enough is enough. 
let's take ownership, let's take responsibility, and let's take the action to make a change for the better. Yeah, like who yeah, were I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I, this I'm is sorry. this is like a two parter, but you know, who were some of the people that you grew up idolizing, wanting to emulate that kind of made you the man who you are today? And who do you think are some other figures in the world now that young men can look up to? You know, to be inspired, to be like, you know what? I do want to be like this man. I do want to take control of my life. Yeah, yeah that, that's a great question. And it leads back to where I grew up. And in fact, unfortunately, there weren't as many strong men to emulate. Right. And and maybe the neighborhoods we grew up in. And, you know, my, my father lived a very challenging life. My father was an alcoholic for many years. He really struggled with alcoholism and my grandfather was a gangster, as crazy as it sounds. Wow. And, um, you know, he now we are Hispanic. So I say gangster. I don't say mafia. But, you know, he was he, he really was an influential component in Brooklyn before lotteries. This is back in the number running days. Ah, right? okay. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you, you'd have this area of Brooklyn and you had all these uh, railroad apartment style houses. You might know those. Yeah, we don't call them, but that, or brownstone, kind of mm-hmm. looking brownstone, yeah, but not yeah, that yeah. nice. And um, then out front, there was one house that had about six or seven cars. You know, my grandfather had a Lincoln Continental, and my father had a, a Boss 302, a Mustang Boss 302, the day he turned 17. And my uncle had a Chevy SS. And, wow. Right. So the there was a there was one house that had about stood out twenty thousand dollars in cars out front so you kind of knew that was you know that was the house and you know i think new york city (laughs) experienced a lot in the 70s into the 80s that affected a lot of these communities now again i don't say any of this as a psalm story i share this to say that i think there are challenges in a lot of these communities and i think the challenge is the epidemic of not having strong men so a lot of men have had to turn to models of how to behave and emulate virtually now i think that can also be a blessing mm-hmm. right there's also a reason that there are a lot of men out there that have also left legacy in books if we want to go as far back as marcus aurelius if you're a man of faith and want to look at the teachings of jesus christ if you want to look at, at abraham lincoln right there's a lot that's within the within the books that can also teach us how uh, uh, or things that we can do to emulate certain character traits and that's what i think young men need to think about what are the character traits that you want to possess mm-hmm. when you possess those character traits then you be- you can then become that character but you have to have those character traits and i think a very healthy way to look at it is to look at character traits across the board and develop those character traits and then that will unfold into who you are as a man so in growing up you know i didn't have many male role models to emulate and you know i can look back on it now and be able to see that but i'm not sure that there are there are young men that are in or the even same like situation uh, like at, were there any athletes you know arnold schwarzenegger or mike tyson or any of these guys like guys you looked at like or michael jordan or any of these figures like you know what i like this way i like the way this guy moves i kind of want to be like this guy is any anyone like that ring a bell i can i can look at a few people across the board Right. I, I can look at someone like a Jocko Peterson, uh, excuse me, a Jocko Willink. Sure. I, I sure. mixed up. I, I put Jocko and, Jor- and, and Jordan. Jordan yeah. <laughs> that would be and that again, would be that the goes, ultimate of ultimate men. Right. <laughs> right. And that goes back to the stool you mentioned before. So I th- there's a few men that that definitely stand out 
in my mind in different capacities. You know, the competitiveness of Kobe, mm. right? The competitiveness of, of the work ethic of a Michael Jordan, right? The, 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 the protection of a Jocko Willink, the intellectual prowess of a Jordan Peterson, right? The, the business, um, uh, uh, entrepreneurship, uh, adventure, uh, and prowess of Donald Trump, right? They all have different capacities that I can look at with a sense of admiration while keeping myself back from idolatry. And I think that's very important for young men to be able to know is that we can look at it from, from a different perspective. And I can look at someone and say, you know what? I, I, I like what they are. I like their characteristics in this, this area. And those are just a few. Mm-hmm. Um, and even now, even if you do look at athletes, there is something about their work ethic that is admirable for them to reach the highest level that sometimes we don't think about. Mm-hmm. So when I think of a Kobe, when I think of a Jordan that have put in that much work to get to where they are, Tom Brady, yep. Derek Jeter played the game right. That's you know, it. Yeah, I always say that. Absolutely. He always stood on it's, the radar. And now, I, are, 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 you, are you Yankee fans or Mets fans? Y- Yankee, yeah. Yankees, yeah. absolutely. You're, you're, actually, right. you're so, actually like my father. He was a, a Rangers and a Mets fan. So he was the he was kind of the the hybrid. Well, this will I, I can't tell the story behind this, but it's a '96 World Series oh, ring. Beautiful. That, um, I would that, love that. that I'll have story. when you guys. I was gonna come. say so. That's interesting because you're a Mets we'll fan. In person, you're a Mets man. fan, but you're wearing a a Yankees championship ring. So what I can share is the ring is on loan from a very good friend of mine. Okay, and there's a great story behind it. And I love your viewership, but I can't share it here. That's off that's, camera. No, that's but, okay. That's okay. Well, after but, after, but yeah. when you come in, yes, but, yes. But, but when you come to Texas, I'm going to share that story, and uh, we'll, we'll have a great time. Yeah, well, you well, keep the people's mind running. One of the things I liked that you said was that you can, and there's kind of two things that I was thinking about as you were talking about this. Uh, the first is that there's certain people that you can look to that emulate what you want in certain aspects of life, okay? And I've always said this to people that you never take advice from someone in a certain area that isn't better off in that area than you are. And what I mean by that is, Mm -hmm. okay, you would never take financial advice from somebody who's making less than you or has less wealth than you. That would be Mm -hmm. poor Mm -hmm. advice because why am I going to take advice from somebody who's not doing as well as I am financially, Right. If I want to do right, better right, right. financially, I'm going to take advice from somebody who's better off financially. I'm not going to take marriage advice from somebody who's been divorced four times. Okay. So nah, you don't think so. So you take. <laughs> so you had said there's certain aspects of people that you would take. You know, intellectual advice from a Jordan Peterson, business and entrepreneurship advice from a Donald Trump. Okay. The protection yep. advice from a Jocko. Right. You would take all of these this advice from these different people, and I think that. One of the the benefits of today's society is, again, a benefit of this. You know, this can be a blessing and a curse, but a benefit of technology is that 50 years ago, you didn't have access to all of these people, right? The only access you had was whoever was in the home, whoever you might have seen on TV. Or in your community. Or in your community and what what you read in books, Mm -hmm. okay? But now – you have access to any influencer that you want. You can, you can, if you want to follow and emulate 
somebody, you can pull up videos and books and information on anybody, on any, which could be a blessing and a curse. If you're watching the wrong things, you're influenced and you're going to emulate the wrong things. But if you want, right. if, you, if you're watching the right stuff, right, which is, you know, to go back along the lines of where we said parents are, lose, are giving up the responsibility to iPhones or iPads, you, if you're utilizing the iPad or the iPhone in the proper way, you can influence your child for the better. If you're using it to to show and to promote the good values and the good character traits, then it could be a blessing. But if you're just using it to babysit the kid and you don't know what they're watching, mm-hmm. that's when it could be a negative. So it could be a blessing and a curse depending on how you use it. And I think that's a benefit about the society and the world that we live in today is we have so much access to information. If you're using it for, to better yourself, more power to you. If you're using it to... Wor- to worsen yourself and to just scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and turn your brain into mush, yeah. Yeah. that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Well, and and that, that brings a word that, as you were saying that, was the word distractions. Because now there are more and more distractions along the way that the also the algorithms make money based on distractions. Mm-hmm. So they don't make money on what I'm looking for. They make money on the distractions of showing me this light that I was looking at and now I found it. Now it's going to be advertised on my Instagram for the next two months. So I, I couldn't agree more. It's a tool. It is, you know, social media, uh, the internet is a tool. It just depends on how you use it. It's a chisel for the character that you want to build. Now, if a person wants to use that tool uh, to learn how to get in shape, because you can go on YouTube right now and you can come up with hundreds of thousands of free videos on how to get in shape. You're still utilizing the tool or you could utilize the tool to not learn how to cook, not learn how to take care of yourself and just order Uber Eats and DoorDash. Exactly. Therein lies the responsibility of men to instill into their children the values and virtues that are necessary to have access to the tools, but use them in the right way. That's when you can look in the mirror and say, I am a virtuous man. I surround myself with people of virtue because even with access to certain tools, it is we do what's right every time. And and that's something that we believe in as, is going to be a part of modern day Don. You know, it's about protecting our community, protecting, you know, people that we care and love, providing for them um, and um, and but living by a code. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, there's certain there's certain things that, you know, the phone technology kind of also gives off like an artificial feeling. Like some things I do think, believe, I'm sure you guys agree, that you need to learn in the present moment, in person. Like, you know, I want to make more connections with people, understand how people operate. And I can watch YouTube videos of people public speaking and stuff like that, but I don't actually know how to talk to people. You know, I sometimes feel like the cell phone, the social media kind of gives like this wall of a false perception of how things really are. Mm-hmm. And people growing up, guys and girls, they kind of get this false reality about that's how it is. And then when reality kicks, they don't know how to react to it. And that's where I kind of think the the, the downfall of phones come through or social media or technology is they don't know how to deal with life. You know, us growing up, it you know, if you didn't know how to do something, you either asked your dad, you asked your mom, you asked your friend. And you just did it. You know, like when I had to change my freaking 
my brake light when I had my first car. I didn't have YouTube to look it out. I was just like, how do I do this? Went to AutoZone or I asked my dad and he's like, go buy a bulb and figure it out. Yep. Or I bought my first car. You know, I, I didn't understand how loans worked. I didn't know how, what financing meant. And I'm not good. I'm not the best with math. It takes me a while to learn with math. But my dad's like, I'm not going to the car dealership with you. You just have to go and figure it out. If you got any questions, just come back and ask me. It's exactly what I did, and I figured it out. So I feel like a young kids growing up, they think the answer is right here for them for everything. And that's where the parents kind of lean back and fall on. We're like, you know, they, sometimes, you know, maybe it's not may not be true, but, like, they just want to rely on the phone to take care of them. Right. They're like, I don't want to tell well, my you son. Know, it, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it, it's interesting is that it goes back to maybe something we spoke about before, which was another C word, which was convenience, mm. right? And and because the world has become, e- you know, better, but in fact, it's become easier in certain aspects, and things have become more convenient. But are, is there a certain skill set that's being lost along the way because of that convenience? Sure, right? You know, maybe uh, you know, there's a generation now that didn't grow up. Having never had access to spell check, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I was. Right. I always got. Yeah. I always got the red marker. Fix this word. This is wrong grammar. I'm like, fuck. Right, right. So now that could be a convenience that, in fact, then challenged or took away a certain challenge that was necessary because it was always going to be there to help fix. Mm-hmm. Right. If a person only grew up with roadside assistance, do they know how to change a tire? It goes. I mean, yeah. it, it goes back with you know this whole thing with AI now. I mean, AI can figure out math problems. You know, I, again, I wasn't good in math, but all my classes in college were math oriented, and I would have to sit in my room for hours to do the same problem over and mm-hmm. over and over again. And by the fifteenth time, I figured it out. And you know, obviously, I'm better for it. But with AI, you can just say. What is the square root of blah 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 blah, and divided by blah blah blah, and what is the answer? And then yeah, right. it's like du- it's like dumbing down our society instead of. I remember being in high school. My physics teacher said, you know, he was teaching us the equations and how to do things, and he said, you know, we all had the calculators, and you had you know the TI eighty three calculators that you could um, could do all that right, could calculate the yeah. stuff for you. He goes. I'll give you a calculator when you can do it without a calculator. Exactly. He's like, you learn how to do it, right? I won't give you – he didn't give any numbers. It's all freaking letters and symbols. He goes, well, you learn how to do it, then I will give you the calculator, and then you can do it, right? But I think one of the things – to go back off of uh, uh, comfort, right? There's something I I saw recently um, about uh, growth comes from uncomfortability, Right, growth comes from being uncomfortable, and he did an analogy. He said, "Do you want to know how a lobster grows?" He said, "A lobster grows by it has it's got its shell, okay, and it's growing inside of its shell." He says, "And then it gets to a point where the shell is preventing it from growing any further, and it's really tight, and there's a lot of pressure. So then it goes underneath a rock, it sheds its shell, and it's very vulnerable." But it sheds its shell, grows another one, comes back out, continues to grow, gets to the pressure point where the shell is too small, goes back under a rock, sheds the shell, grows another. And he does this over and over again. It says, but do you think that it's uncomfortable to be for the lobster when the shell is too tight? 
goes a hundred percent. It's uncomfortable. Yep. Do you think it's uncomfortable for the lobster to shed its shell and now it's completely bare and vulnerable? Yes, it's vulnerable. It's uncomfortable. He says, but without being uncomfortable, the lobster will never grow. Yeah. If the lobster didn't say, you know what, I'm just I'm not going to grow anymore. I'm just going to stay right here. Then the lobster's never going to grow to its full potential. If it doesn't shed its shell, if it doesn't feel that pressure, if it doesn't become vulnerable, it's never going to grow to be yep. as big as and, and, and as you know grand as it can be. So it says, so whenever yep. you feel like you're in an uncomfortable situation, just be prepared that growth is coming. Mm-hmm. So it says, okay. get comfortable yep. with being in those uncomfortable situations. Did you, right, did, right. You, did you ever, have you always had this mentality or is there a certain point, point in your life where you had this aha moment like, no, this is how I want things to be. Or you always had this mentality of, you know, I got to do things. This is the way it's got to be. I'm going to take control of my life. Oh, this has only been about the last eight or nine years. And, and there was a huge revelation when my father died. When my father died, it, it opened up a different perspective. And it really made me be very introspective to say to myself, am I the man that I'm capable of being? Am I, am, am I the dawn of my own life? Have I, you know, have I really... Um, built my life to its capacity. And I, I can be completely vulnerable and say at that time, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's one of the reasons why the, the, the modern day Don has even, has even started because this is my impact on the world. And, you know, even what you were saying before, Eric, I have a lot of respect for it. You said, listen, I didn't know where might not be my strong suit numbers, but I had to figure it out. And I went to the car dealership, et cetera, et cetera. And I have a lot of respect for that. And because of having to shed that shell and go to the, you know, go to the, the car dealership without the shell on, you were able to grow from it. So to your question, absolutely not. About eight, uh, nine years ago, my, my father passed away and it really um, changed my perspective on the world and it changed my perspective on who I was as, as a person. One of the reasons I moved out here to Texas was part of that masculine journey was part of that saying, have you ever just dropped everything where you had no safety net and went out and did it? And my answer was no. And I said, saddle up, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. I'm going to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> saddle up, right? And and that was part of my journey. I didn't, you know, I didn't put it on anyone. I didn't look back into maybe the circumstances that I had growing up. I didn't pin it on on my father and his challenges. I didn't pin it on anyone. I looked in the mirror and I said, listen, if you're going to build and you're going to be the man that you're supposed to be, part of it to me was also that beginning of 300 where they send the boy out into the wilderness. Yeah. Right. And he comes back and he's, and he, he's got the, he's got the wolf on him and now he can be a king. Now he can be king. And I think it's about men understanding that I think that in every man's life, they might want to consider doing that where they can go. There is no safety net. It's either it's either it's it's life or death. And that was part of me moving out here. I moved out here. I knew two people and, um, you know, things are going very well. I'm very blessed to be around great group of people now working on a lot of different projects, Uh, not just modern day Don, but there are not just 1670 creative. A lot of other projects that I'm working on at any given time because of the people that I've surrounded myself with because I've developed a certain skill set along the way in different places, in different areas that I can now take that athleticism and go on to another field. And that's, that's sort of, that's been my journey 
So in part of what modern day Don aims to do is to be able to help young men in their journeys and to be able to say, where are you in your journey? Are we creating this community of value to then say, hey, what do you need from this? Or maybe support structure also for each man to be the Don of his life. So, you know, I have a lot of respect, uh, you know, for the both of you and to be even able to share some of those stories. And we can laugh about it now about the, the light bulb in the car and Right, and it's you're flipping through the owner's manual, or you know, in the glove compartment. (laughs) Got to figure it out, man. Exactly. What's an owner's manual, and what's a glove compartment? I've never seen a pair of gloves in there, right? But you know, it 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 helped make you the man you are today. And those experiences, those opportunities to grow, are also what are needed. And with modern conveniences, sometimes those opportunities are taken away from you. The opportunity to hunt. The opportunity to be in those rooms to learn how to network, the opportunity to get in front of people to learn how to public speak, those opportunities need to be there to really develop. Because just as you mentioned before, Eric, when you were talking about public speaking, you can watch videos all day about public speaking. No problem. But doing it is a completely different thing. And I think the modern day conveniences that a lot of the technology has provided for all of us, right? Not here to say that I don't have one of these in my hand 99% of the day, mm-hmm. the 1% maybe not in the shower. It's a fact. But are we leveraging that to the capability that we want to use the tool for? Yes, mm-hmm. 100%. That's, that's powerful right there. That's why these conversations and the conversation I even had with, with Cuff at Vision Lab, you know, these powerful conversations that can really get us going, you know, and, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why he was – he was so uh, uh, gracious to connect us so quick because he's like, listen, you know, this is this is a movement. You know, this is going to be something. Absolutely. And, you know, we're going to look back on this and we're going to be, you know, look at this and look, you know, look at the the at what we've provided. No charity. Look at the opportunities we've provided so that these young men could step up to be the dons of their own lives so that they can provide for their families. They can protect their families. They can, you know, they can have the the four legs of the, their own stool, yeah, my stool, your stool, mm-hmm. so that they can then build something from there, right? And and all we can do is share stories, provide support, push opportunities, and hold accountability, right? Because that's what we need to do. Also, anyone that works with me understands the word accountability is active in anything I do, right? And there's accountability, which is again why. In, 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 in you both reaching out to say, hey, you know, the, is it possible to make this happen? And my first answer was, thank you. When? <laughs> right. Let's get more, after it. It was more and more easier, you know, getting you on. You know, it was, and again, it, it's due to your personality being from New York. It was just the urgency. New Yorkers have urgency. Wherever you are in the country, when people say you're from New York, they, they look at you with a different light. So I had a, I had a question for you. You know, uh, if you, you know, what would you give someone a word of advice for someone who's grown, you know, grew up in hard circumstances, doesn't really have any, you know, model figures, kind of is always surrounded by negativity in their community and their surroundings. You know, what would you tell a young guy or a young girl, you know, to kind of break them out of that, that habit or that thought process of how they can become their own modern day Don? Twofold. Um, number one is to be able to leverage this tool to find those um, the the you know the, the positive influences that they want to emulate, mm. 
and being able to see access to those they want to emulate and emulate, not imitate. And it's something that we that we talked about on on Cuff Show at the Vision Lab. It's finding whom we can emulate. And the fact is, is that we can leverage this to see a lot of those opportunities of who to emulate. And then from there, then it's about seeking discomfort. Yeah, I, I, I seeking agree. discomfort. I uh, mm-hmm. I really believe it's a re, uh, a point of just getting out there and making yourself vulnerable, like you said, Justin, and just putting yourself out mm-hmm. there and just being in uncomfortable positions as many times as possible. We you know we have uh, we have a friend. He's a fellow podcast uh, interviewee, and uh, he helped us make his own uh, our cigar label. But when he first started out, he was in college, but he wanted to learn more. He wants to become more of an entrepreneur. He ended up starting his own company. But he said, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about cigars. I didn't really have like that education. I didn't really have people around me that I can learn from. So he would just go into cigar lounges and just sit there and kind of just wait. And he knew, you know, successful businessmen, people in finance, successful construction uh, companies would be there. And he just would strike up conversations and he would just acquire all this knowledge. And then one day, boom, he just started up his own company. And now it's a successful company. So, but his biggest well, thing was just being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And 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 to add to that, and and um, you know, I'm going to apologize in advance to a couple of people just in case there's any background noise. Um, but you know, we are in a, in, a, in a place, and they've they've graciously given me the space. But it, it reminds me of a metaphor that I sometimes tell, which is you know, the the world around us, whether it be the business community, whether it be the cigar community, it's like going to a gym. Mm. When you go to a gym, you always see guys that are in better shape than you. <laughs> okay. But, and I would say, and those of you guys look fit, right? And, and I would say out of a hundred times you ask me for a spot, 98% of the time they say yes. Yeah. 100%. Right? right. But they're not actively going around talking to you saying, Hey, listen, Justin, you need a spot. Yeah. Hey, Eric, you need a spot. Yeah. No, you have to. But if you ask for a spot, I guarantee you. Yes. You every every time you walk into that gym after that, they will be, hey, you know what? How's it going? Listen, when you hit that the other day, I just want to share with you, you're arching your back a little too much. You're doing this, you're doing that. And you know what? They're fit enough that you can you you can you can you can take what they say to the bank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a they're, great, they're, that's a great thing that you brought up is 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 the gym because I was going to say it's one of the the best um, examples of where growth comes from being uncomfortable is in the gym, right? When you're, when you're exactly. warming up and you're you know let's say whatever you're doing if you're doing squats you're doing chest you're doing whatever when you're warming up it's not tough you're not struggling you're warming up the body you're not in any sort of discomfort okay granted you don't have any injuries right but the growth of the muscle comes in those last few reps where you feel uncomfortable. You feel right. like you can't get it up, and you're and right. That's why you know I love. That's why I love squat because I think the squat is a perfect analogy yeah. for life. Right? Is squatting is when everything is on your shoulders and it's weighing you down. You need to stand the fuck up. Okay. So it's a perfect analogy for life. When all the troubles and everything is trying to weigh you down, you need to you need to get back up. So you put that bar on your back and you squat down and it's struggling, you need to stand back up and that's where all the growth comes from. You don't grow from doing just the bar I mean, granted if the bar is not your, you know, your max, but you don't do from just doing 15 air squats. That's not where growth comes from. Growth comes from put some fucking weight on the exactly. bar and struggle. 
Okay. And you might go to the gym and you might put the weight on the bar and you might, you might not get it up. Right. You go right. back the next week. You try it again. You might not get it up. You go back the next week. You try it again. You might get it up that time. You, you think that you grew from those 15 air squats? No, you grew from all that struggle that you put your freaking legs through and you mm-hmm. put your body through. That's where the muscle growth comes from. So I think it's a perfect example. Same thing what you said about public speaking. You can watch all the videos on that you want. You can read all the books on how to be a good public speaker. But until you step in front of 15,000 people and speak, you're not going to grow because you're going to be uncomfortable no matter how many books and videos you watch. You're going to be uncomfortable the first yeah. time you do it. You're going to stutter. Yep. You're going to fumble over your words. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be pretty. You're going to suck. Yeah. But like you we had said before, you got to embrace the suck. Understand that your first time is going to be bad. Your second time is going to be bad. The third time is going to be a little bit better. And eventually, you do it enough times, you're not going to feel uncomfortable anymore. You're going to get it down pat. You're going to be a great public speaker. You're going to be in shape. You're going to be whatever. Right? But you got to put and yourself in uncomfortable situations. Completely. Complete. And, to, and to add to I agree with you 1,000%. And to add to kind of, you know, kind of wrap that metaphor with a bow is the fact that you want to look at other people that, you know, you're going to ask for help from someone that has some pretty strong legs. Yes. Like right? you said, the person not- that, that is in better shape than you, you're going to take their advice because what I, what I had said earlier is you're not going to take advice from somebody who's in worse shape than you. Right. If I'm exactly. trying to get in shape, I'm not going to take advice from somebody who's 400 pounds and obese. I'm going to take advice somebody and who's in better shape than I am. Yo, how did you how did you get that? How do you how are you able to squat 400 pounds? How are you able to do this? How are you able to do that? How do you get abs like that? How do you That's who you ask for advice, they're going to tell you. And another thing is you said, when you go into a gym, nobody is around seeking out to give you a spot and seeking out to give you advice. But if you ask for it, they'd be more than happy to help you. So it's the same thing with that's life it. is People aren't going to – there's very few that are out that are going to come up to you and say, hey, let me give you some advice. But if you yep. actively seek the help and the advice of those people that are in better positions than you are, they'll be more than happy to give it to you. So you have and to go to, out to, and, and yep. ask for it, right? And and you're going to earn the respect. And on top of that, they've all been where you are. They're going to respect you more for asking. They're going to happily give you a spot. They're going to happily give you advice. And what I found is that nine times out of 10, they want nothing in return, nothing in return. So life, the business world is the same as the gym. And if you just seek out those that are in a better shape than you ask, right? Seek, knock, ask, not seek, knock, expect. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So if you, if you actively ask and you put yourself in those uncomfortable situations, if you are 50 pounds overweight, you are 100 pounds overweight, when you walk into that gym, you're extremely uncomfortable being on the treadmill for five minutes, not just physically, but emotionally. That, that, that's just real. But how do you harness that, that feeling of being uncomfortable and then being able to take a step to the side, throw, putting your humble hat on and saying, how do I ask those that have been down this road that have climbed this mountain for their advice, for their help to spot me so that then they can also help me in a spot that they were. So mm-hmm. my, my answer to you, Eric, is is seek discomfort, ask, find those that are in better shape than you are in the areas that you want to go the same way. Maybe you wouldn't ask a yogi on how to lift weight in the same way you wouldn't ask, you know, a, a boxer about meditation. Maybe I don't know. But you can actively seek out those that are experts in their area and learn from them what you believe will help in your character. Mm-hmm. Ask and you Boom. shall receive. Right? Amen, brother.
a freaking so. man. I love it. We thank you for coming on, Jason. Machi, a.k.a. Machi. We thank you Machi. for coming on. Um, these are the conversations that young men and you – know, I don't want to say young young men and older men, all men, uh, you know, men of all ages. These are the conversations that we need to have mm. so that people can take ownership of their lives and become the Don of their lives. So we appreciate you coming on to the show and uh, having a conversation. We hope that you're enjoying the blueprint. Um and this is the moment Great where stick. where we give you, you the red the red carpet. The floor is yours to plug away. Tell people where they can find you. Tell people you know all the you know what's coming next for the modern day Don and what's coming next for sixteen seventy. Any other projects? This is your moment to to plug away. Fantastic. Well, well, first and foremost, Eric and and, and Justin, thank you for this opportunity to be able to 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 communicate some of the things that I'm working on. Right. I mean, this is really about platform. This is about finding like-minded individuals um, that are on a similar mission, right? I, I see myself as a man on a mission. I have a feeling you see yourself the same. So it's really about us syncing up with other men on their own individual missions, and maybe there's a bigger mission. So um, individually, a lot of uh, my information. Uh-oh, we lose power. Goes, we lose power over uh-oh. there. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I I just lost my light for a second. There we go. It, <laughs> it happens. It happens. The light's back. back. The light's back. But um, you know, again, this is about men on a mission and men figuring out what it is that their mission is. So first and foremost, again, thank you for having me. And this is about uh, figuring out what your mission is. So Jason Elias underscore official moderndaydon.com moderndaydon underscore official. Um, that's where you're going to see a lot of the information. That's where we're, we're, we're getting the movement out, uh, down here in Dallas, Texas, a little north of Dallas and Frisco down in Frisco, Texas. And, uh, you know, it, it all comes down to, um, connecting with the right people, other men that are on a mission. Like I said, 1670 creative keeps the wheels on the bus. That's what we work on on any given day when it comes to storytelling for business owners. But aside from that, the modern day Don is the bigger mission that we're on. So if anything that we've spoken about today, if anything I've said today resonates with you, um, and I say that to say any of the Burned Down podcast listeners, please do look at Jason Elias underscore official. Please do look up modern day Don uh, official, moderndaydon.com to get one of the first limited edition hats that we just put out. That's going to be a part of the movement as you're walking around. Someone's going to tap you on the shoulder one day and say, are you a Don? I'm a Don. And, uh, you know, they'll be able to create this community. So um, that's where we are. Again, thank you for the opportunity. Um, I hope we can do this again and, uh, you know, be able to smoke and maybe do an in-person event down here in Texas. And uh, we'll be back in, in this spot. I'm, I'm, I'm in a great place called uh, uh, the Monarch Stag, which is a great privately owned uh, cigar lounge and, and, and uh, whiskey bar uh, that does a great job. Uh, and again, it's about bringing those people um, that are also on their separate missions uh, along for the ride. So again, thank you. Jason, well, thank you very much, Jason, for being on the show. Um, again, everybody who's listening or who's watching, go check Jason out. Again, it's Jason Elias underscore official, uh, modern day Don underscore official, and moderndaydon.com. Um, but with that, Eric is going to give us our signature send-off. Jason, it's been a pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Burnout Podcast. We appreciate it, brother. As our signature send-off, we just like to say cheers, chin-chin, and salute, my friend. We appreciate your time. Salute.